Welcome to Two Pizza Marketing, a podcast for small team marketers. You might have heard of the two pizza rule, which says the most agile, effective teams are ones small enough to only need two pizzas for a team meeting. On this podcast, every episode will be a candid, relatable conversation with a small team marketer, someone who is creating success on a scrappy level, learning from failures, and trying to stay sane. Whether you're on a team of one or eight, or you're wanting to join a small marketing team, this show is for you. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in this week for another episode of Two Pizza Marketing. This is Ashley, your host, and I'm so delighted because I'm here with Cami Bartell. She is the demand gen manager over at The Knot Worldwide, and I'm excited for this conversation because I just have to imagine you have a wealth of knowledge because she got her start in PR, moved over to customer success, and moved over to marketing. With that, welcome, Cami. I'll let you go ahead and give a little intro into who you are and what you're doing. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and just have this conversation about one of the biggest loves in my life, which is marketing. So I'm so excited. But as you said, my name is Cami Bartell, and I'm one of the demand generation managers here at The Knot Worldwide. The Knot Worldwide, just to give a little background, we're a global family of life stage experience brands. So one of our most well-known one is, of course, The Knot. So you might have seen the, the Knot wedding magazine on our stands. Maybe you've been a guest at a wedding. So most commonly, The Knot is our all-in-one wedding planning service. So you can build your wedding website. We have invitations and registry, and you can manage your guest experience. We also have this marketplace where couples and vendors can match. So you can book them, find them for your wedding. That's how I found my, my wedding vendors when I got married in 2019. And so for my role specifically, I work on the B2B side of our business. I work with our wedding vendors, so planners, photographers, venues, things like that. And I design marketing campaigns, programs, initiatives to bring them into our folds and get them on our marketplace so that couples can find and book them for their wedding. I just have to imagine like, because brides are your target audience and it, mm -hmm. it's like the happiest day of their life. And so working with them, it has to be so invigorating and just, especially because you've done it yourself. Right. It's so much fun. I love working here. And when I work with the wedding vendors too, it's really exciting because they might not be the ones getting married, but they are so passionate about their business mm -hmm. and they're so excited about working with those couples and everyone is just so, it's just such a fun and lighthearted thing to work on. I love it. I love to talk about B2B SaaS companies, but with my episodes, I have said this to my listeners, how much I love to talk about the person and mm -hmm. specifically mid-level marketers who are doing the grunt work. And that is exactly what you're doing with Demandgen. Before mm -hmm. we dive right into what you're doing for The Knot, let's talk about your previous experience. I mentioned that you were doing PR and then customer success. Can you tell me a little bit of your career journey so far? Of course. So I actually consider my career starting back in college. So I did advertising and public relations major, and I had about 10 different internships throughout college, and it was all over marketing fields. It was in social media, it was in PR, it was in advertising, and it was for a variety of companies. It was sports, nonprofit, agency, and I really wanted to get a feel of what I wanted to do when I graduated. 
And so when I graduated, I actually ended up going the PR agency route. So that, that was very interesting because the entire company was for people, the entire company, oh, wow. not just the team, just the four of us. I think we grew to like five or six and then people left and it, but on average, it was about three or four people. So I've always kind of worked on small teams because of that experience. And then after being in PR for about two years, I kind of wanted to just do something a little different. But one thing that I loved about public relations was working with the clients. And I loved that client relationship and interaction. I had an opportunity to move over to a tech SaaS company for customer success. And I did that because I loved working with clients. I was in that role for about a year and I did love it. I really did. I had a great time, again, working with our clients and really strategizing. But the tech SaaS company was a mobile marketing firm. And so the strategy I was working on with them was their marketing strategy. And that's where I was really reminded of my experience in college and just how much I truly loved marketing. And so there was an opportunity to move over internally in that company to our marketing team as a content marketing manager. And so I was able to move over to that. And I did that because I had a blog on the side. And so I already was having that content experience, even though I didn't have that in my day-to-day job. I say that just in case there's someone out there who is listening and they want to get into marketing, but maybe that's not what their day-to-day role does. If you are doing something outside of it that's relevant, that can help you. I moved over to content marketing and that team, we had four people on that demand gen team. We had a A little larger of a group when you include product marketing, I think there was about 10 of us, but still, it was a very small team to work on. And then I moved over to The Knot about a year ago. So that's kind of the the summary of my career experience. Yeah. And I want to stay on PR for a second, because I actually didn't Mm -hmm. tell you this before we started recording, but my major was PR and strategic communications and I got my start in PR. (laughs) I love that. So very similar. Yes. I feel like with anyone that is straight out of college and they have a PR major, they go the agency route, Mm -hmm. the corporate route or possibly they get into tech because of the OR fellowship or other programs like that. For those that went the agency route, let's talk about if you're at an agency right now, but you're wanting to get into tech, how did you leverage that in an interview or how did you start to get into tech with that experience? What would you recommend to someone that might be in that situation? Of course, I would say something that I would say for any type of role, not just specifically this, but you have to figure out a way to tell your career story and journey and make it relevant to whatever company you're going to. A lot of skills today are transferable. So the way that you work and manage your clients is very similar to the way you market to an audience because it's learning people, it's listening, it's understanding what they need and being able to say the value and benefits that you or your company brings in a way that 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 matches what they're looking for. And so 
those are similar things that you have with PR as what you're going to have in SaaS roles. So I think just finding the overlap and being able to really talk about that, you would be surprised at how many similarities there are. And I had a unique experience where the PR firm I was working with was both B2C and B2B. That made it easier for me to make the transition to over to tech because the tech company I worked with was a B2B company. I was able to relate that experience a little bit easier. I just think that's so interesting. You went to, from PR to customer success and then into marketing. So your career path isn't defined from your degree. So you can really mm-hmm. do a whole lot with a communications degree. I don't mm-hmm. think that everyone always has insight into the different career paths that you can get into along with the different industries that you can start to tap into. You were talking about transferable skills and mm-hmm. that just lit off inside of my head because I feel like mm-hmm. from my PR experiences, it helps my writing from a content marketing standpoint so much because mm-hmm. you work with different reporters. So you have insight into those things that they're looking for when you're creating content. And so kind of along the lines of skills, are there any other things from PR that you think are transferable to even on the client success side or the content marketing side? I think one of the most important ones is what you just said. Writing Mm -hmm. is so important, especially if you're going into a content role, if you're going into a demand generation role, like I don't think I realized how much marketing did rely on writing, but if you think about it, everything that you see in marketing is copy and being able to shorten your story and your core message to just a tagline or a few sentences in an email is something that you learn in PR. You learn to tighten up your pitch and send it to reporters, and then you can get the full story later. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing you do in demand generation specifically, for example. I need to put out an ad or an email that tells you enough to get you to read the rest of it. So it's almost the same thing when you really think about the nuts and bolts of how, how that job role works and how you get your message out there. So I think the more that you can really understand that and understand the backbone of PR of marketing, the easier it is. And everything builds off of each other. Like PR is a, is a function of marketing. And so if you have PR experience, if you have client relations experience that builds up into the career that you want to have, if you want to go more of a general marketing route. Yeah. I feel like you basically said the definition of positioning. And Mm -hmm. I think that having the PR experience helps you learn how to concisely get your message out to the market. And so I think that that is a skill learning how to position a message clearly and concisely is something that will help you stand out. Mm -hmm. All right. So love talking about career and skills and tapping into tech. But I want to transition now to talking more about demand gen. I work with our demand gen director almost daily. Mm -hmm. Let's transition from content marketing to demand gen and how the roles and responsibilities differ. Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, if you would ask me years ago, I didn't even know what demand generation was, right? I had no idea what this career was, so I would have never expected myself to be in it. But I started my my marketing career really in content marketing. And what I loved about it was that, you know, I was in charge of the writing, the content calendar, matching the specific 
tactics to the demand gen strategy. And that's kind of where, when I was thinking about my career growth and where I wanted to go next, why I started to lean more into the demand generation route, because I specifically personally really like the strategy element of it. I like finding the gaps and seeing, okay, we have this goal or this KPI, why aren't we hitting it? What is an audience that we're not targeting? Or maybe we're targeting them, but it's not the best way we could be reaching them. I love finding those little gaps and little levers that we can make a small change that makes a really big impact. And so when I realized that about myself and realized, okay, this is what I really like. And this is something that I get to touch on when I'm in content. But if I move over to demand gen, I can really deep dive into that and specialize in that, that's when I kind of wanted to start moving in that direction. So I think the roles are very similar. They most often work together and work in tandem because in demand gen, you're kind of the one building the strategy, thinking of those gaps in that audience. And then content takes that strategy and puts that into an actionable, like tangible asset. So they work together, but those are kind of what I've seen, at least personally from the differences. I think you said that so beautifully. And I, I kind of have an example of that right now. And the reason why I really like there being a separation between someone doing content marketing and the other person doing demand gen had to do with our first marketing offer. I haven't told you a whole lot about Reallink, but we're a virtual leasing and engagement platform and we target multifamily communities. But we have never done a marketing offer because we just started ramping up our demand gen initiatives. And we hired our first demand gen director a few months ago, and we actually migrated from HubSpot to Marketo. And so with Marketo, we can segment a lot. We can build those nurture streams, but alongside that comes a lot of content. And so we noticed there was this gap with our evaluation stage nurture campaign that we didn't have and a big offer or a big piece of content that was going to push them over that line. So we decided to do this marketing offer. We came up with a free gimbal, which essentially helps with getting better footage. So it's not shaking for those virtual tours of the different apartment communities. So we're like, we're going to give a free gimbal when, when you sign up with Real Inc. And what I love about Demand Gen is that She was watching it carefully to see how the email performed once we sent that email out to the list. And we noticed that there was this drop and that the engagement wasn't that great. And normally we have a certain benchmark for all of our emails. So we didn't know what what the confusion was. So we watched it closely. We adapted because we we hypothesized what was wrong there. Then we changed the messaging and instantly we started to see so much better engagement and requested demo form fills. So long story longer, that is just one of the things with demand gen that I don't know if I would have been able to watch closely because I'm constantly creating content, but having someone dedicated to demand gen efforts, they're able to watch for those things. So I think that that's a real tangible example on how someone can see the difference between content marketing and demand gen. I Absolutely love that example. I have lived through that example so many different times. And that's what I love about Demand Gen, right? It was actually one of my former managers who he he built his career in demand generation. And he said, I thought this was so beautiful. And he said, demand generation is a science and it's a creative art. And I loved that because it really is a science of 
looking at the data, seeing the opportunities, looking at the campaign results, seeing where you can optimize, but you also have to be creative in how you do it and look at it and say, this email didn't perform as well, why? And now what can we do differently? And so I absolutely love being able to use kind of both sides of my brain in that. Yes, but with small team marketers, there are mm-hmm. there are one team marketers that have to wear the demand gen and the content marketing hat. And so even us talking about that, I feel like we could show the the things to look for from a demand gen side when you're wearing that hat. And then from a content side, when you're wearing that hat, how to pivot your messaging and watch for those indicators that maybe the message isn't resonating. Now let's transition to talking more about small team marketing and larger team marketing because you are on a large team now, but previously you were a two pizza marketer, we like to say, which is a small (laughs) team marketer. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between the two and maybe someone who is on a larger marketing team, but they want to get on a smaller team, what they could expect? Of course, there definitely is a difference that I've been learning between small team and large team. And I would say, and it's not necessarily good or bad on either way. It's more kind of where you see your career fitting that I would recommend you kind of thinking about the pros and cons of each and like what what you're looking to get out of your career, right? So from a small team perspective, typically because it is a smaller team, but you're still producing at the same type of level, you need to be more of a jack of all trades, which is really exciting, especially I think from earlier in your career. I'm so happy I had that experience when I was growing in my career because you get to see a campaign from start to finish and really kind of you're the one driving the entire campaign. You are the one coming up with the strategy. You are most likely the one who is writing the email copy. Maybe you have a designer. Maybe you're in Canva. For me, I luckily had a designer, but I also did a few little crazy things in Canva because I do not have design experience. (laughs) You're creating the actual assets, the emails, the the content, and then you might be the one who is also going into Marketo or HubSpot, scheduling that. And then you're also the one tracking the results and refreshing the dashboards all the time. And so that's really exciting, I, I think, because you really get to see it come to life and you really get that that sort of identity of being able to see yourself throughout the entire project. For some people though, that can be really overwhelming to be a, a part of every aspect and be the one running all of that. And so if you're someone who wants to focus more on one side of things and maybe you're involved in the whole project, but not the direct responsible individual for everything, you might wanna look into a larger team. So that was something that I noticed when I transitioned to more of a global company with a larger marketing team is I was no longer the one writing the emails. I was helping the strategy and I was overseeing and, and being able to edit and have a hand in the emails, but I wasn't the one directly responsible for that. And then I wasn't the one going in and setting up the emails anymore. But of course I played a hand in that. So I got to project manage and I still get to see the campaign, but I'm not the one who is doing every single thing at every single point. And so that's been great for me because at this point in my career, I wanted to start to specialize more on the strategy side. And so those are just kind of some of the like pros and cons. Again, neither one is is a better option than the other because on one side you get to grow in your career in terms of 
the breadth of knowledge you get and you get to learn so many different aspects of marketing and the campaigns in general. And then on the other side, you can get the depth of experience and being able to work on this specific aspect of the campaign and again, see it through, but you might be more responsible for one area. So those are some of the differences that I've seen. I mean, we can go more into that depending on what you want to talk about, but I think those are just kind of the basics to think about depending on what you're wanting out of your career. Just hearing you talk about all this, I feel like you have many experiences so far in your career to start to really see where you want to go. So this has been just Mm -hmm. fantastic talking to you. Why don't we end on a piece of advice? I love to ask this question. I think it's so powerful when you get advice from leaders that have gone before you. So have you had a mentor, a leader, or even a parent say something to you that has impacted you and helped you grow throughout your career? Absolutely. I am so thankful to have so many incredible mentors throughout my career, it would probably take me like 10 minutes to name all of them. So I'm not going to, but something that almost every single one of them has told me at some point is the importance of finding the why. And this is specifically related to marketing and marketing campaigns. And it probably took me up until a few months, honestly, to fully understand what that meant. And I actually, so I'm a part-time MBA student as well. And we were assigned reading, it's called a book made to stick. Maybe we can put that in the podcast notes for people because it was such an impactful book. It's all about how to get your ideas to stick and how to sell your ideas. And they also talked about this concept of finding your core, finding your why. And I bring this up because throughout my entire career, I think what I've always done is I focused on the what of the campaign. And I think I see this a lot. People think about this is the campaign we're running and this is the audience and this is the messaging and this is the KPIs. Let's go do it. And that's what you think about when you think about starting the project and the project pitch. But I think what happens is we miss the why. Why are we doing this? Why did you start a podcast? Why are you targeting this audience? And why are you targeting them in this way? Mm -hmm. And it took me forever to understand that because something else that this, the book made to stick talks about is this concept called the curse of knowledge. And it's where, when you know something, it is hard for you to remember what it's like to not know that. So I think after being in marketing for a certain amount of time, having certain amount of experience under your belt, you start to intuitively know certain things about marketing, like why certain campaigns work the best or why you should be targeting people on podcasts or on social or on TikTok. And you forget that other people don't always know that. And so you forget to explain and and really understand that our audience doesn't have the time for an hour webinar. So maybe there's a different way that we can get the same message out there in a different way. And we heard this story from this person and they said that they learned through podcasts. So let's try a podcast. This is just a general example. That's something that I I learned on that small team. We launched a podcast because of that, because people weren't listening to our webinars as much. Mm -hmm. And I just say that because once I figured that out and once I understood that you have to take a step back and explain the why of a campaign first, it has changed the game for me. It has changed the quality of our marketing campaigns. It has changed the relationships I have internally with stakeholders and getting them to want to partner on a project with me. And it has changed my personal career and career growth. So I think 
the sooner that people can understand that and understand the why, and I can give some advice on how to find that too. I think that that really helps you grow in your career. Oh, I love that. That's so true. And I think for small team marketers, especially you can Mm -hmm. allow the why to guide any efforts and you can always look to company objectives to be that why, that true north for why you're doing certain initiatives within the company. I think that applying that in the way that you said it just makes so much sense. So yeah, why don't we give like maybe three ways on how you can decide what the why is for your marketing campaigns? Of course. So one of the first things I would say to determine a why is to listen. So listen to your audience, what is working, what is not working, what is resonating, Listen to them in terms of how are they consuming content? How are they finding different things that they're buying? What is their buying process? I think everyone in marketing knows this, but you don't always actually take that step to listen and listen, not just for the things that you want to hear and not just for the validation you're looking for, but what is surprising you that they're saying. So that's the first step I would say. And then when I'm thinking of a campaign or when I have an idea, anyone who knows me is I definitely always have like crazy ideas. I'm always that person who's like, let's do this very wild campaign. So out there. And everyone's like, okay, let's, let's tame that back. So what I've started to do is I actually start with the reasons why we shouldn't do the campaign. So I like to play devil's advocate with myself and think about, okay, if I was presenting this, what is a reason someone would say for us to not do this, whether that's budget or whether that's going to cannibalize our other marketing efforts, whatever it is, I think I list out all of the reasons not to do it. And then I think about the reasons to do it by countering those points. So if one of the points is that this is going to cannibalize our content, then maybe the counterpoint is it won't, it will amplify the other efforts. And like, I'll explain that in more detail in my notes. And so that just helps me frame the conversation a little bit better, make sure and validate my idea before I really present it to anyone else. And then it also helps you prepare for when you go into a brainstorming or a kickoff meeting, you already have the answers to some of people's most common questions. So I think that has really helped. Those are great examples and tangible tips that a small team marketer could take. So thank you for sharing those. Cammie, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm going to leave you with sharing how small team marketers or any marketer for that matter can find you. Of course. You can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn at Cammie Bartell. That's actually my handle across social. So you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm starting to share a little more deep dives into marketing on those different channels, but probably LinkedIn is best. Oh, personal branding. I love it. Thank you again for coming on and listeners next week. You will have Melissa joining you as your host. Hey, two pizza marketer. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or topics to suggest, we are always happy to hear from you. So send us an email at two, that's the number two, pizzamarketers at gmail.com or find us on Linktree at Two Pizza Marketing. Until next time, keep having fun and try to stay sane in the marvelous mess that is Two Pizza Marketing.